Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. I'm hoping that you are in the party mood today because we are having a fantastic show with a great guest. We're going to go into our dreams and listen to our inner guidance with Dr. Christopher Souten coming up in segment two, so you won't want to miss it. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I'm your host. The show is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And yes, we are coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We want you to shoot for the stars and land on them. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, encouraging you to be your best self every day. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. This is from Cervantes. I come to a world of iron to make a world of gold. And that's how I look at this show. We are uh, turning rocks into diamonds, and we hope that you are transforming along with us. Well, um, in segment three, we'll be talking about gratitude. Segment two with Dr. Christopher Souten. Dreamworking is his new book. You can check it out while uh, we're on a break. But right now, we're going to talk about longevity. You know, genetics account for only 25% of a person's longevity. And the rest is really how you live your life. And there are many centurions out there uh, in different blue zones of the world who really can be a model for us for aging. But there's a few things that you should think about. And I want to give them to you now so that you can be as vibrant and excitable and happy and energetic and You know, just live longer, happier, and more fulfilled. First of all, consider extra vitamin D. Now, this is something I never thought that I needed because I definitely get my 20 minutes of outdoors at least every day in the sunshine. I mean, sometimes there's no sunshine, but when there is sunshine. So I never thought that I needed extra, but uh, you might want to have your doctor check for that because you can't just rely on outdoor time to get that extra vitamin D anymore. And, of course, the rate of skin cancer rises as we age, so you do have to limit your exposure. So if you talk to your doctor 
and they, they give you a test and it will um, they'll tell you whether you need some vitamin D in a pill form and that might be a very healthy uh, thing for you just remember too much vitamin D increases your risk of dying as much as too little and that's according to a Danish study that was just done this past year Cut back on any pain pills. You know, regular use of any painkillers, like even things that we think aren't that um, powerful, like perhaps ibuprofen or naproxen or, you know, over-the-counter brands like Advil, Motrin, Aleve, they could risk your rate of heart attacks and stroke by at least 10%. And the U.S. Food and Drug Administration did a panel on this, and that's what they advised. So, you know, just reserve those drugs for when you really are in severe pain and try deep breathing and other things that uh, could be, you know, meditation, taking a walk when it's just moderate. Uh, Go to bed and sleep. Now, we have talked about this many times that sleeping less than six hours a night doubles your risk of heart attack and stroke. And so you really do need to sleep more hours with the recommended being seven to nine hours. Uh, Sleep deprived people are 12% more likely to die in a 25 year study period that was done from the National Sleep Foundation. And uh, what you want to do is um, make sure to have your room cool, get rid of all of the, you know, the gadgets. You don't want your iPad and your smartphone or even a telephone in there. Make your room as pitch black dark as possible and turn down the thermostat. If you can put it at 60 degrees, it's better. Just warm up in your bed or with your partner. Also, make sure that you get some exercise every day because that'll help you rest and stick to a regular sleep schedule, even if you can, on the weekdays. That means getting up and going to bed around the same time. And um, if your mattress is more than 10 years old, replace it because you're not going to get a good night's sleep. You don't want all that tossing and turning. Now, another thing that has found for people who get to live to 100 or longer is it's good to be in a relationship. And it says that actually marriage is really good for your health and your longevity, Um, studies have shown that married men have a 46% lower risk of death than men who never married, in part due to marriage's well-known impact on on our heart health. So, um, you know, just it's better to have a partner. Now, uh, men and women had a 5% lower risk of cardiovascular disease. What about eating vegetables and fruit? Well, this is one people don't really think about, but it turns out that the riper the produce, the healthier it is for you. There are more vitamins and nutrients and disease-fighting antioxidants. For example, the deep red color in watermelon means it has more uh, lycopene, which is an antioxidant that reduces the risk of cancer and heart disease. And, you know, if you eat... Green bananas are not as high in their fiber as a nice ripe banana. So that's kind of an interesting one. Now, the new studies with coffee say that it does help you wake up, but it also helps reduce your risk of stroke. They discovered at Harvard that people who drank three to five cups of coffee per day had a 15% lower risk of premature mortality compared to people who didn't drink coffee. 
So just remember that um, a regular cup of coffee could be eight ounces or less. But, you know, those grandes are really 16 ounces, which is like two cups of coffee. So um, be careful then. I do remember the time when they were saying that more than two cups a day wasn't good for you. So we do have to be aware that research and statistics change all the time. So, you know, we don't want to always stick to exactly what we hear. I would say always go for the medium level of everything. Now, when it comes to sugar, I think everybody knows that high sugar diets boost our blood sugar, which in turn plays habit with our heart. It increases the levels of LDL uh, cholesterol, it lowers heart-friendly HDL cholesterol, and it triples our risk for fatal cardiovascular disease. Well, women should not consume more than six teaspoons or 25 grams of sugar a day, and men no more than nine. And to me, that sounds like outrageous anyway. If at all possible, Attempt not to add sugar because you're going to get plenty of sugar in your fruits, your vegetables. And if you're eating any um, processed or canned food, they are filled with sugar. So just be careful about that. Start reading instructions and maybe switch over. Don't have sweeteners. Don't use the fake stuff. But maybe, you know, honey might be good or um, there's herbs that are sweet, you know, and that might help you too. Eat whole grains. The average American eats a serving, one, of whole grains daily. And that might just be that single slice of toast. Let's hope that it's like a whole grain with lots of grains in it. But if you eat three or more servings, it could cut your overall death rate by 20%. And this was uh, this year's study from Harvard University. Maybe add some oatmeal, some brown rice, or, you know, some quinoa, barley, or even farro would be good. Spice up your diet. Eating hot chili peppers can add years to your life. In a 2016 analysis of the dietary habits of more than 16,000 men and women over a 23-year period, those who reported eating hot peppers reduced their risk of dying by 13%. Now, if you don't, if you know, a lot of people don't like a lot of spice. I happen to love spice, and I know that it has health benefits. And if you get a cold, I like to eat something really spicy. It seems like it cuts that cold quicker. I don't know. It might be just in my head, but it certainly seems better. But the body produces endorphins that reduce the heat from, from the peppers, and those endorphins reduce the pain and inflammation. So, if, you know, spice up your diet just a little bit more. Now, so many people just like to drink that 1% or 2% milk, or they go for all the fat-free stuff. But Circulation uh, Journal in 2016 concluded that the, those that consumed the more, the more dairy fat had a lower 50% lower risk of developing diabetes. And that's a disease that shortens your life by 8 to 10 years on average. So perhaps drinking that whole milk is better. Now, drinking water, we talk about this a lot. Um, drinking water can help you lose weight. It keeps you hydrated. And it also will prolong a healthy life by reducing the risk of bladder and colon cancer because it keeps your kidneys clean. So, you know, um, drink a lot of water. I always have water with me. Every place I go, a bottle of water. I try to get my husband to do it, although he just wants to drink my water. 
So drink a lot of water, get away from those sodas and even juices. Now, um, stay away from foods that might be causing food poisoning because about 3,000 Americans die every year. That's quite a bit from things that seem healthy like sprouts or cantaloupe or berries or raw tuna that can make you sick or even kill you. So you have to keep your kitchen clean. You know, I think that goes without saying. Wash your hands, your utensils. Uh, before and after you handle food, separate your raw and your co- cooked foods, and make sure that all perishable items are promptly refrigerated. You want to kill that deadly bacteria. You know, never leave like deviled eggs or macaroni or anything that has mayo in it. You know, at picnics, people tend to get sick because of those things. So be careful. Um, if you want to reach 100, <laughs> studies are saying put down the fork. The studies in the hot spots around the world, such as Okinawa, Japan, found that the oldest Okinawans stop eating when they feel only 80% full. And what they found is that cutting back on calories reduced blood pressure, cholesterol, and insulin resistance. So that's a good one. And then that leads to eating your veggies. You know, most people uh, don't eat enough vegetables. And the mortality rates were lowest overall for Pesco vegetarians who eat fish occasionally, followed by vegans who eat no animal products, and lacto-ovo vegetarians, those who eat dairy and eggs. So it is a good idea to um, eat less meat and ramp up the veggies. You don't have to be a vegetarian, but you know, don't just keep your diet to meat. That's important. And by the way, when it comes to eating It is really bad to eat after 9 p.m. I mean, they say that it's better to eat, finish eating by 7 p.m., but sometimes that's not always the case that we can get there. So um, just don't eat after 9 p.m. It's too hard for your body to digest, and you'll pack on the weight, and it increases your risk of heart disease by 55% for men, and... um, Uh, And it can just, you know, it doesn't help you burn any calories. Another thing is that Mediterranean diet that relies on fruits, vegetables, olive oil, fish, nuts. It's one of the healthiest diets you can do. A little bit of olive oil, really good for you. Another thing is nuts. I've always called them my pass out pills. I keep nuts in my car with me so that if I'm traveling and I get hungry, I can just grab a little handful you know, a few almonds or peanuts or cashews. And um, they reduce the risk of death from any health-related cause by 23%. Now, I don't really know how they figure out all these percentages. It sounds like if I do all these things, I should live to be a 1,000, which is not going to be the case. But at least we're giving ourselves a little bit of a, a leg up. Another thing is, you know, get a pet. Pets help us with our longevity. They don't judge us, and you're likely to be more physically active and less uh, vulnerable to the effects of stress if you have a pet. Also, laugh a lot. Laughing, watch a laughing video, read a, a funny book or a magazine, really important. This will help you live longer. It boosts your immune system. And get social. If you have friends and family around you, you have a higher chance of living longer. Loneliness increases the risk of early death. 
Well, there are tons of other things that you can do. But the final one I want to leave you with is you might want to find a female doctor. Because Medicare records have documented more than 1.5 million hospitalizations over four years. And they found that patients who received care from a female physician were more likely to survive than those that were seen by a male. That's really an interesting uh, thought. In any case, live longer, live happily, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our dreams and see what our dreams can do to tell us about ourselves. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. Don't go anywhere. Start dreaming. Be the star you are. The star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, we are so glad you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, where we bring you the movers, the shakers, the success experts, and the pioneers on the planet who are forging new ways for us to strive, thrive, and survive. Well, today's guest is going to take us into the realm of dreams. Dr. Christopher Souten is a naturopath, a psychotherapist in Toronto, Canada. He has been training healthcare practitioners to integrate dream work into their practices. And he's got a phenomenal new book that you're going to want to pick up if you want to find out who you are and what your dreams are telling you. It's called Dream Working, How to Listen to the Inner Guidance of Your Dreams. Welcome, Dr. Christopher, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on the show. This is well, great. Well, I was really excited because I love to dream. <laughs> uh-huh. And I don't 
like most people, I don't always remember all of my dreams, and I never know what my dreams are trying to tell me. But your book is going to be a pathway and a map for this. So, But before we get started into the whole dream world, why don't you give an explanation to our listeners what a natural path is? Uh, well, a naturopath is a licensed healthcare professional. Uh, there are, you know, healthcare licensing is different from state to state and province to province in Canada. And so uh, we have licensed naturopaths here in Ontario. And uh, so we, we deal with uh, health issues of many kinds, and we use many different modalities and treatments. So uh, one of and one of my specialties has always been counseling and psychotherapy, and that's how you know in in the mid '80s when I started working with patients, I was interested in their dreams right from the get go, and uh, I always invited them to bring in their dreams and and share them if they wanted to, and of course some people don't. That's just not what they want to talk about. But other people do. You know, it's surprising how many people will want to share a troubling dream or a mysterious dream if if you make them feel like they're welcome to do that. So I've been working with dreams all, you know, I saw almost 30 years now. It's, and uh, I continue to be amazed at how much information they contain and, uh, you know, also, how much of that information is very pertinent and relevant to their health health situation. Well, so, you know, I'm so interested in this because in your book, Dream Working, How to Listen to the Inner Guidance of Your Dreams, you give many, many, many examples of mm-hmm. patients who have given you permission to uh, share their dreams and talk about them. And it was very interesting as I was reading your book, it would be as you were explaining something just at the exact point that I would think, now how how does that relate to your dream? You would go right into a dream sequence that someone, one of your patients had had, and then it would be, uh, you would discuss it. Now, wouldn't you said that a lot of people want to bring their dreams and some people don't? I've always found that even in casual conversation, people like to talk about their dreams, but very few people know what to do with them or how to mm-hmm. really, I don't know, I don't want to use the word interpret them, but you have five steps that you call receiving your inner guidance of your dreams. Catch, clarify, orient, connect, and respond. Why don't mm-hmm. you talk about those five ways of figuring out what's happening in your dreams? Sure. Uh, there, I would say there, there are five steps of a method, beginning, you know, starting with catching. And I just mean catching a hold of your dreams so that you have some well-remembered material to work with. Uh, and, you know... That really varies from person to person. A lot of people out there have a lot of trouble catching their dreams. And other people have too many dreams. So it's it's always fascinated me what a spectrum there is in dream recall because, you know, it's it's well known in sleep research that we all dream. Uh, we all dream quite a bit every night. But the variability that you see in people's ability to remember the dreams and in their long-term memory, especially, it is is tremendous. So, so that is the catch, just like what you call the anchoring. Then is when yeah, you give well, it a title, and you yeah, want to make sure to remember it. 
Yeah, anchoring is what I use the word anchoring for getting it into the long-term memory, which which is really tricky for some people. Some people can catch it as they're waking up in the morning, but they've forgotten it by lunchtime. Right. You talk about that. And that's, I really experienced that myself. I'm a, I'm a very visual dreamer. I have lots of dreams. And at one point I used to try to, you know, wake up and write down the dreams and put a couple of words so I'd remember. Mm -hmm. But then I I figured I wasn't getting any sleep. I was waking up constantly (laughs) writing. (laughs) Well, that's right. You know, it's, it's true that if most people have to choose between remembering a dream and getting more sleep, Right. They're going to choose to sleep. <laughs> and you can't blame them, you know. People are tired. People yeah, are busy. But it is true. That those couple of words that you write down when you first wake up, it's not quite enough. I think, is that why you uh, like to give a dream a title? Yeah, that's that's a very effective thing. To, to give the dream a title gives it more importance, and it also helps fix it in your long-term memory. If, you, if you've taken the trouble to think about what the most critical thing in the dream is and match a title to that, then you're very unlikely to forget it. Right. You know, that, that's a fairly complex operation, and that, that really helps you remember it. So I think it's a good idea. If you, if you do catch hold of the dream in the morning, then do whatever you have to do to fix it in your long-term memory. And, uh, you know, that's different for different people. For some people, they need to speak it out loud to another person. For some people, they need to give it a title and write it down. Other people just need to run it through their mind a couple of times. That that works for me. But whatever it is for you, I you know, I would suggest picking one dream a week to, to do the full workup on, to, you know, to take the trouble to catch it, anchor it, title it, remember it, talk about it, think about it. You, you wouldn't have time to do all your dreams. So you have to prioritize. Most people have to prioritize. Well, and there are some dreams that are obviously um, more important in trying to give us a special yeah. message than yep. other dreams. And yep. we'll get to that later. So that's a good recommendation is not to try to do them all. One, one a no. week is plenty. That's great. All right. So what is clarify? Clarify is the, the steps that you need to take to get a clear and complete account of the dream. And I, I use an acronym with CEFA, S-E-F-A, meaning the setting. The setting of the dream is often very important. And E stands for events. And F stands for the feelings or the feeling tones in the dream, which is just what you are feeling when you're in the dream. And A stands for associations, meaning, you know, if you dream about your friend John, what, what are the characteristics and associations you have to, to John? Or if you dream about an elephant, what are your associations with an elephant? So you, you basically, if you're helping yourself or if you're helping another person, in both co- cases, you need those four elements to get a clear, workable account of the dream before you start working with it. So, so clarifying is, is really just getting clear and complete. So uh, clear and complete is clarify. Then we have to orient the dream. So what yeah. are the steps for that? Yeah, now that is where, where a, lot of, a lot of people find orientation tricky. Now, orientation, I just mean you, you're, 
you have some sense of what type of dream it is and what it might be trying to say. You know, it's now, just... Now, is that the 14? Is that where the Orient comes in, where there's all the different the different types of dreams that we have? Uh, not necessarily, although recognizing... Although it could be, right? Yeah, yeah, it could be, because recognizing a type of dream motif is very orienting. Yeah. You know, yeah, and we'll talk about that later, probably. Yes, if I you, really if, want to talk about those. Yeah, like, let's say... You, you recognize, oh, this is a dream where I'm having trouble driving. I can't control my car. Okay, I recognize that. That's familiar. I've had that before. And that probably is saying something about the way I'm controlling and moving my life forward right now and that I don't have enough control or enough direction. You know, so you see how in, in recognizing a familiar motif, you're starting to get oriented about what the possible meaning of it is or what what how it possibly connects to your waking life so yeah. Yeah, orienting orienting is really anything you can do that helps you get get unlost <laughs> cuz you you don't want to feel lost in the dream and i think a lot of people do feel lost because they get into a dream and it's so mysterious and so bizarre and all these strange morphings and different elements are happening, and they they get confused and lost, and they say, oh, I don't know what this means, and they give up. Okay, so That's at that to point, me what's so fascinating about dreams of what you just said is how one thing morphs into another thing, morphs yeah, into yeah. something else, and you're living in outer space, and one you know in one second, and the next minute you're in your garden, and the it's yeah. really it's fascinating how. Our body just takes off, and our soul and spirit mm-hmm. takes over, or our mind, whatever it is. It, the yep. dreams are really, really uh, something special that it, I don't think enough time has been put into analyzing them. Oh, that's not the word, analyzing them, but getting to understand them. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I totally agree with you, but but I will say that you know a lot of people I think are afraid of their dream life or they're alienated from their dream life because of this incredible weird variety and and bizarre uh you know a dream can be about anything there's literally nothing you can't dream about past present or future or possible or impossible it's all happening in your dream life and for some people that's very exciting like you seem to be one of those people who finds it exciting, and so am well, I. Well, I fly in my dreams all yeah. the time, and I was just dying to see what you wrote about flying. And then when I finally uh-huh. got to that little the chapter <laughs> when you talked about it, I was thrilled because I uh-huh. just love flying. I fly uh, every night. <laughs> oh, every night! Oh, good for you. That's great. I mean, I'm always yeah. flying. I'm always uh-huh. flying. I mean, maybe yeah. it's not every night, but I think it is. Yeah. You know, so I kind of, when I go to sleep, I start flying all over the place and meeting interesting people and things. And uh-huh. and I always it, solve my problems or challenges in my dreams. When somebody, when something is really bothering me, I always tell people, I can't give you an answer today. I have to sleep on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, are, are you lucid or semi-lucid when you're flying and problem solving? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I have very, it depends, I suppose, what's going on in my life at the time. Sometimes it's just like for fun. 
where I'm just flying around, you know, visiting other lands and people and creatures and mm-hmm. and different people and <laughs> things are flying with me. And uh, sometimes I have a flying dream where I am uh, escaping from something that's trying to get me. But I never fear that I can't escape because as soon as somebody tries, you know, I never know what it is, a shadow or whatever it is, which is probably something that, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it is in my, in my um, lucid life that I'm trying to get away from. But, but I always just flap my arms like a bird and I take Mm -hmm. off and I wave back at them like, bye bye, you can't get me now. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, uh, <laughs> if you were my client, <laughs> I, I would encourage you to confront that figure rather than flying away from it, just to see, because it may be very interesting what comes out of that. That, yes, that may turn out to be... what you said in your book, and by the yeah. way, for if you're just joining us, we're talking to Dr. Christopher Souten, and his book is Dreamworking, How to Listen to the Inner Guidance of Your Dreams. And one of the things he says in his book is if you're afraid of something or you're trying to confront uh, or something is confronting you or chasing you or knocking at the door, instead of running and hiding, perhaps you open the door and you can tell me, Dr. Souten, if I'm wrong here, is you confront it because it might be some new energy, some new adventure, some new vision, something new that wants to come into your life or that is... It's exactly. trying to get to you. Is that correct? Exactly. A very high percentage of the time, that thing that you're afraid of is actually a part of you and, yeah. and a potentially very important, powerful part of you, but a part of you that you're afraid of because you don't know much about it yet. Yes. And so after reading your book, I realized, uh, and as I said to you in our break, I only finished the book this morning when I got to all that good part there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I realize the next time I go to sleep, I have to, and next time I have that kind of dream, I have to confront that, yeah. uh, whatever that is that's chasing me, and, and ask if, uh, if it's me or what's going on with that, mm-hmm. right? That's what yep. I, you know, and, or what do you want? How can I help you? Uh, right. Let me in and find out what's happening. I mean, that's interesting. And I don't forget. Of, I never thought of the of the thing that's chasing me as being me chasing myself. Yeah, yeah, it often that is, is really the case. a powerful connection. Yeah, it's it's a part of you trying to get into you, like trying yes. to get into your sense of who you are. Yes. What it, in Jungian psychology, they would call a shadow figure. In other words, it's a true part of you, but it's in the shadows because you haven't let it in yet. You haven't yes. integrated it. Yeah, I'm really excited to find out what this is because I'm I'm kind of constantly reinventing myself and you know mm-hmm. one of these Renaissance women that are <laughs> I always have a zillion uh, balls in the air so who knows what this is it's something that's saying hey let's collaborate so I'm very excited about it so and, and I just wanted of, to mention can I is mention that one part of the uh, connecting uh, the connecting no the connecting is if you. The, you're trying to get the dream connected to your life. In other words, you're, you're not trying to interpret the dream or analyze the dream so much as you're trying to have that aha. I oh, see. the aha moment. But yeah, I see how this connects. Moment if I realize that I need to confront that person, would that not be an aha moment? 
yeah, that would be an aha moment. And there might be another aha moment when that person talks to you and actually says, I'm this, or I'm that part of you, or I'm the part of you that wants you to do this. So then you go, oh, yes, Ooh. okay. Yeah, and you'd get shivers up and down your spine because all of a sudden you're, you, you've met a new aspect of yourself and you realize that you've been running away from it for years, but actually it's going to be very good for you. That's, I mean, I think that's thrilling. All right, now the word respond. Mm-hmm. So how do we respond to our dreams? Well, you know, a response is anything that you actually commit to doing as a result of a dream insight. So it could be a lot of different things. I guess the most common response is resolving to make a change in your behavior or, or in, in your, the way you're living your daily life. So you, you have a dream and you, the dream points out to you, say, for example, in this driving problem dream, which is a very common dream in common our culture. Common one, yes. Yeah, that you don't have control over the steering Okay, so you say you translate that to your life and you realize, aha, yeah, I, I am not controlling where I'm going right now. I'm a bit out of control. I'm being controlled by something else or someone else. And then you decide that you're actually going to do something about that. You're going to metaphorically take the wheel back and, or get into the driver's seat. And you, you, you the first real, it's, on the imaginal or, you know, the level of thought and realization and imagination first. So what I advise people to do is literally go back into the dream and take the wheel of the car and imagine that you are driving it with a, a positive feeling of control and security. And then I love it. Well, yeah. um, uh, Christopher, I would love you to stay with me uh, on the other side of the break, if you don't mind. Of course. And Because we haven't even gotten into all the other things I wanted to talk about with you. All so right. I'm going to encourage all our listeners to go to his website during a very short break, ChristopherSouton.com. That's mm. Christopher and then S-O-W-T-O-N.com. Christopher, hang on. Don't go away. We'll be right back together. We're going to talk about dreams and his amazing book, Dream Working, How to Listen to the Inner Guidance of Your Dreams. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And we're coming right back. So stay on your seat. Just check out his website. The star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the star you are The star you are The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 
376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are dot O-R-G. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business Well, we are so grateful that you are staying with us, and you'll be grateful that you stayed with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with our special guest, Dr. Christopher Souten. His book is Dream Working, How to Listen to the Inner Guidance of Your Dreams. And off the air just a second ago, we were talking about the sleep paralysis that happens in, at certain times of your dream where you're, you feel like you're awake but you're really asleep and you absolutely can't move because from what I read in your book, your your brain is actually hasn't triggered yet to wake you up. How, what is going on? Yeah, I, I would describe it as a state of being stuck halfway in between wakefulness and sleep. In other words, your parts of you are awake, but parts of you are still asleep. And, uh, you know, most people find this terrifying because they they can't call out. You know, they try to make a sound and they can't make a sound or or they try to move and they can't move. And typically what makes this even more frightening for some people is it usually takes place in their bedroom as it really is. Which yes. contri- it contributes to the feeling that you, you're sure that you're awake. And then I'm awake, but I can't move and I can't make a sound. And then it becomes terrifying, you see. And then on top of that, very often the people will see scary figures at the foot of the bed or coming on, on right onto their bodies or coming into the room, you see. And so the whole thing kind of spirals into terror. But actually, if you catch it early and you're aware of what's happening – you can just tell yourself, you can train yourself to say, oh, I'm having one of my half-awake, half-asleep moments. It doesn't need to be frightening. In fact, I'm asleep, so I'm dreaming, so I could have a dream about whatever I want. And you could become lucid, and you could have a wonderful flying dream or some other wonderful kind of dream. So with a little practice, you can actually redirect what are, for most people, are terrifying nightmares into becoming, you know, very positive and enjoyable dreams. Okay, so the secret to those sleep paralysis then is just to train yourself to Mm -hmm. remind yourself that you really are still dreaming. and. That you're yeah. not stuck in any way and that you really aren't paralyzed and, and you right. really still can talk or move or, or whatever. Now, you just said something that um, triggered another question I wanted to ask you about, and that mm-hmm. was nightmares. Yeah. You know, we talk about people will say, oh, I had a terrible nightmare last night. Mm-hmm. And how do you define a nightmare? Because our, I know that we have, you know, uh, when you have tro- post-traumatic um, syndrome, which is very, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome, that's, that can be very 
you know, debilitating and probably cause a nightmare. But isn't a nightmare just a dream that we are looking at in a very scary or negative way? What is the difference? Yep. Yep. No, I would say the, the only definition we could really give for nightmare is a very frightening dream. It's not a particular specific category of dream. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people will will describe their dreams as nightmares, and other people might just find them, you know, anxious or slightly frightening. So there, there's no specific diagnostic category of nightmare. Uh, so it actually, you know, the dream you were mentioning, the type of dream you were mentioning earlier where you're being pursued or attacked by somebody, most people would call those nightmares, or a lot of people would, but actually they're potentially extremely positive dreams. They have an enormous potential for personal growth and self-discovery. So, You know, I've, when I have those dreams, what's interesting about them, because now that you say that, I, I know it has to be about self-discovery. I'm not really frightened in the dreams. I mm-hmm. just feel like I'm being pursued and I need to fly mm-hmm. away. <laughs> you know? right, right. But, but I'm not scared when I wake up. So. Right. Well, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are in those pursuit dreams and they they would describe them as nightmares. Uh, But, you know, interesting, you mentioned PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. That that condition is typically accompanied by very frightening dreams that are very repetitive. And they, they often replay a particular traumatic scenario over and over again. So the the poor person is being re-subjected to uh, unresolved trauma that happened in their life every night in their dream life, which is awful. awful. And, and What is the secret then to getting out of those repetitive yeah. dreams? Because you talk about this yeah, in your yeah. book, Dream Working. Yes. Well, the secret is to re-enter them and change the dream in a nutshell. And this, this technique is called in psychotherapy and psychology circles, it's referred to as IRT, imagery rehearsal therapy, whereby you you go back into the dream and you kind of freeze the action like you're stopping a movie and you give yourself lots of time and you calm down and you say, okay, how would I like to change the outcome of this terrifying scenario? And then you think of a way that you would like to change it and then you actually visualize that change happening. So you're changing the outcome of the dream. And then you rehearse that change. The rehearsal means you repeat it. It doesn't, the magic doesn't necessarily happen the first time. Sometimes it does, but not always. But so usually, when you say repeat it, do you mean go back into the dream state or each time you go to sleep, say no, to yourself, I'm going to have this dream and I'm going to change the outcome? No, I mean, I mean, you're awake. You're you're rehearsing this in your imagination while oh, you're, you're awake. Oh, you're rehearsing it awake. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because, but you're using the actual real scene that happened in your dream as your starting point. So Got you it. know, you're you're starting in a very accurate place, and and this, you know, this is the right place because this is what you're repeatedly dreaming about, and that's where you start. But then you change it. And you change it to a more positive outcome. And, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that this is dream work. So you can do whatever you want 
You can bring in allies. You can bring in animal power animals to help you. You've, you can bring in friends to help you. You can bring in famous warriors to help you. You can give yourself a powerful weapon if you need to. You, you can change the imbalance of power because usually in these dreams, you're overpowered and you're terrified and you, you feel helpless and victimized. So you need to imagine something that changes the feeling from helplessness to mastery. Where, where you can actually do something to change the outcome in the direction that you want. Well, that, I found in your book, Dreamworking, and in many of the examples you gave, it was interesting to me of how many of your patients had dreams with famous people in them. You oh, yeah. know, something that was really tangible that they could look at or think about. So when you say you can bring anybody into your dream, I mean, you literally can because you are the writer, producer, director of your dream. Exactly. If, if you want a powerful ally standing behind you, you know, you, you, can, you can bring in Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever you want. Right. I mean, right. Why, why not? I mean, a lot of people never realize that they can do that. They, well, they think- there are different motifs that you talk about also in your book. And, and I want to talk about those. But one thing I wanted to ask you, because I've heard this so many times, is I've heard people say that you can never die in your dream. And if you die in your dream, you would die in real life. I can't, I, I, I have died once in my dream. And again, mm-hmm. I floated up and watched myself be buried from a tree. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't die in real life. No, no. Oh, you, so, can, you absolutely you, you can die. Yeah. Say you can't die in your dreams. No, you can die in your dreams. You can do anything in your dreams. Okay, That's what see? I mean. Good. That's yeah. what I mean. Right. Sure. Yeah, you, you could, there's nothing that can't happen to you in a dream. I, I challenge you and your listeners <laughs> to think of anything that can't happen in a dream. You know, it's, you, you can't because it all can happen. And, and dying in dreams very often means not literal dying. It's not referring to that. It's, it may be referring to that a part of you is dying, a stage of your life is dying, or you're letting go of something that you no longer yeah. that no, no longer serves you. Yeah, yeah. It it usually refers to a profound transition of some kind. So it's a very important dream, but it doesn't mean that you are dying. So you can fall. You know, you were talking. One of the motifs is oh, yeah, falling. Yeah. And I I think that was in the dream body motif that you might fall Mm -hmm. from an airplane. Maybe that's in the same motif as my flying, right? But uh, that was another kind of a myth that I'd heard that if you fall from a, a, you know, a big spot and you hit the ground that you literally could physically hurt yourself. Oh, no. Oh, that's a very common type of dream, falling from a great height. You know, yeah. Falling in dreams is there. There's different kinds of falling. If it's if it's a short fall, like a startle fall, it, it usually is you know similar to the sleep paralysis. There's there's a difficulty in the the smooth transition between sleeping and waking. You know how we often startle as we're falling asleep, or we startle as we're waking up, and those those often appear in our dreams as a, as a short fall, but a big fall 
You know, it's a very common type of dream to imagine that you're super high up in the air in an airplane or a spacecraft or you're a bird. And then you fall all the way down to earth and you crash or you wake up before you crash. Now, in my experience, those type of dreams are more about your incarnation. That is to say, the relationship between your soul and your physical material body. So, and the soul is often in in human history is often depicted as a bird or something high up in the air which comes down to earth. And I think you see that in dreams a lot. It's like the how easily is your soul inhabiting your body or is there some problem with being in your body? Is it painful to be in your body or is it is it difficult or you know and those dreams will often happen when somebody's having a problem with the way their soul and their material body are relating to each other. So they're actually very important dreams to work That's with. That's fascinating. It's fascinating that so many people have that. Yeah. I was really interested. You have several, what is it, 14 different uh, dream motifs, common dream motifs. Yeah. But I was interested in ones that literally alert you to your health. Uh-huh. I thought that was, those are powerful dreams because it seems to put put our dream uh, weaver, our dream person in touch with our physicality, with our, our body uh-huh. in a, a profound way that says, hey, look into this. Something is off here and you need right. to get it checked. Yeah. I, I think that's a very large category of dream, actually. I call them ego check motifs because it's almost like your dream maker or your dream weaver, whatever you want to call it, is mirroring back to your ego and it's saying, look, this is what you're doing. This could be dangerous. This could be harmful. This could be very stressful. But this is what you're doing. And and do you want to keep doing it? So it it poses that question, and in posing the question, it gives you an opportunity to change it. So I, I would call the, this category of dream, which is a very common one, uh, early-stage preventive medicine, because it's pointing out to you something that you're doing that is potentially dangerous or unhealthy at a very early stage, usually long before it has appeared in your physical body or in any kind of lesion or pathology. So you know, pay attention so, to those. I was going to say it's really important. Uh, the bottom line that I take away from your book is pay attention to your dreams because our dreams are speaking to us. Mm-hmm. We are running out of time. We only have a couple oh, no. minutes here left. It goes so <laughs> okay. quickly, a very uh-huh. fast hour. I yep. want to give your website out, the name of your book, and so that people can not only get your book, but clients or new patients can contact you if they want to get some mm-hmm. good dream counseling. Go to Dr. Christopher Souten's website, which is ChristopherSouten.com, S-O-W-T-O-N. The name of this book, it just came out, is called Dream Working, How to Listen to the Inner Guidance of Your Dream. And what I'm excited about is it's not just for 
individuals, but it's also for practitioners and vice versa. So somebody like me that doesn't know anything about dreams, but has always been fascinated by it, I can just learn a lot by reading this book. But if you're a healthcare practitioner, you can actually help your patients by learning a little bit more of dream working. Dr. Christopher Souten, this has been just fantastic, such a fascinating topic, and you're a fabulous guest. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. I really enjoyed um, the talking about the dreams and reading the book, and now I really want to go to sleep very soon, <laughs> although I've got to produce another show here because I want to get back and find some whatever it is that it hasn't chased me for a while. I better go hunt right. for it, right? Yep, you can be proactive. You can go chase it. <laughs> I, I think that's what I want to do. That's what right. I want to do. Again, our guest has been Dr. Christopher Souten. The book is Dream Working, How to Listen to the Inner Guidance of Your Dreams. Thank you so much, Dr. Souten, for gracing us with your expertise right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You're most welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you, all my listeners, for listening to me every week here on Star Style, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. We're with you from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific every Wednesday, so always tune in. The show is brought to you under the auspices of the 501c award-winning charity, Be the Star You Are. Consider making a donation to keep the show on the air and to help literacy and give the less fortunate tools for living. Visit the website, bethestarur.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. And I want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you are already the star you dreamed of becoming. So cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate today. And until next week when we play again here on the Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins. Kindness prevails and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you. I encourage you. Be the star you are and dream tonight and pick up a copy of Dream Working and figure out why and how you're having these amazing dreams. You'll, you will love it. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you ignite the flame that burns brightly within Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.